welcome to the Brandon Podcast, where we discover trends and share tips and stories from the savviest retail brands. My guest today is Nicholas Cole Mather. So he goes by the name of Cole. I'm just going to keep calling him Cole for the rest of the podcast. He's an expert on branding and marketing to specifically Generation Z. And he's an amazing, prolific writer with more than 200 columns for Inc. Magazine alone. Cole, I'm super excited to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So, you know, Cole, I've been reading a lot of your columns and your pieces, and you've written a lot about how people feel about millennials in general and how they've, you know, undoubtedly changed the perception of the workforce culture from, you know, big Fortune 500 companies to every, you know, little startup out there. But, you know, in your point of view, before we go into Gen Z, how do you think millennials have actually changed the expectations of how marketers from, you know, a brand perspective, you know, like how do, how have they been changing their strategies based on, you know, this concept of millennials and their, you know, behaviors and their responses to um, brands in general? So I think the best way to think about it is to frame it in the context of access. You know, really the millennial generation, I'm a millennial. Um, you, If you notice, the big controversy is that Everyone says millennials want what they want when they want it, which is usually right now. But if you, from my perspective, because I've written about millennials in the workplace a lot and I've interviewed all the, you know, all the go to millennial experts and I've talked to the Fortune 500 CEOs. And I really try and whenever I get interested in something, I like to tackle it from every perspective. And the biggest thing that I've noticed, it, it has to do with this uh, idea of access, where uh, I think the millennial generation wants, they want to know things when they want to know them, or they want to meet people when they want to meet them, or they want to create their own schedule when they want to create it. So it's it's having the freedom. Yes, but that's kind of how everybody else frames it is like millennials just want freedom. And that usually means in that context, like not working. But the way that I've come to see it is it has a lot more to do with access. And if you see a lot of the companies that are trying to attract uh, millennial talent, what they do is they they misunderstand that idea of access and try and replace it with things like we're going to provide ping pong tables or everybody can sit in a nice comfy chair while they work on their laptop, you know, or we have an open bar on Fridays. And like those things are cool and they they certainly maybe make the environment feel a little bit more comfortable or even younger. But in reality, that's that's not really what a millennial quote unquote is after. What they're after is is access to things that they might not be able to get on their own. So for example, if a company goes, you know, uh, we want to be very uh, millennial driven, if you will, and like really go after young talent, maybe that access is, hey, once a quarter, we take everybody to a cool like vacation spot and do our work there for a long weekend. Like that's not just a a getaway or a vacation to a millennial, that's access to a spot or a place that they wouldn't be able to get to on their own necessarily. Maybe it's too expensive or, you know, they, they wouldn't, they don't, none of their friends want to go there. So with their company, it makes sense, you know? And so if you kind of flip the equation too, on the other side, access isn't just from a pleasure perspective, but also knowledge. You know, a lot of millennials are kind of boxed in and coined as these people that uh, they don't want to learn. They just scroll through Instagram all day. But really, they do want to learn. And if you can give them access to people that they wouldn't otherwise have access to, they're going to feel really appreciative of that. And so you have these like huge companies that 
instead of sitting back like and thinking, and I'll I'll admit, Gary Gary V does a great job. I like you have to give him credit because he has understood this idea and he goes, even though I'm the CEO of this huge company, I'm still going to find little ways, even if it's five or 10 minutes to connect with the most entry level person there. And that's access, you know? And so you have these, these massive companies that instead of thinking about how to do that, they just throw money at the problem and go, all right, well, let's just buy a bunch of ping pong tables and we'll have kegs on Fridays and let's make it a super fun young environment. But that's really not what it's about. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense when you put it that way, because, you know, the kegs and the open bar and you know, the ping pong table sounds like a frat party to me <laughs> rather than um, rather than some place that you can actually you know, have access to. In your, pers- in your perspective, it sounds like access to resources, access to kind of a learning environment that can help them grow in ways that they would not have otherwise. Is that is that correct? Yeah, 100%. And it's kind of like just thinking about what kind of millennial do you want to attract, right? Like if if you're if you're using those things to attract millennial talent, I'll tell you what kind of millennial you're going to attract and it's it's not going to be the you know, the workhorse that's willing to stay up until 2 in the morning like grinding out a project. It's going to be the person that thinks they're still in college. Those are really, really good um, insights from um, from you. And uh, honestly, myself as a millennial, I feel the same way. And I, you know, I value a lot in you know what you know my company can provide to the employees who are Generation Z and millennials that are working with us. We give them great benefits, but we definitely don't have um, kegs on kegs on tap and everything. But we 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 have lunch where everyone sits around and we have our all hands meeting where we actually share data around what we learn about the company and and such. And the CEO's right there to answer everyone's questions if they have any. So those are the things that I think um, really brings about the workforce that will really motivate um, this generation. So if we kind of turn this around to think about from a marketing perspective, because a lot of our listeners from Brandboom are um, brands that are building not only a company culture that's probably full of um, millennials and Gen Z, but they're also trying to, at the same time, market their products to the millennials and, you know, the Gen Z demographic. So, you know, you've written a lot about that as well. You said a lot about how they are kind of receiving information through their mobile devices, but they, you know, as you have said, as an analogy to the workforce, they also very much value the credibility factor that they receive from, you know, their entertainment, you know, sources such as YouTube. They are going there for entertainment, but they're also going there for instance, as a learning opportunity um, to increase their knowledge on a specific topic. So when we're talking about marketing to this type of generation and this demographic, what are your thoughts around how how can a brand come off as more authentic or or really speak to this generation through these types of um, channels and mediums? First, let me frame where I come from with my perspective, because as much as I'm a marketer and over the past few years, I've, I've really established myself in the element of like personal branding or speaking to millennials or Gen Z and whatnot. Like I'm, I'm really an artist first. Like that's really how I, I got started. I went to school for creative writing. I just wanted to write books. Like that was really it. I didn't study advertising. I didn't like grow up thinking I was going to be the next Don Draper and play Mad Men. You know, like I just 
I wanted to write books and I wanted to share my story. And in order to do that in today's day and age, I needed to learn how to market myself. And in the process of marketing myself and my writing, and because like I really learned and understood uh, digital writing, specifically how to write on the internet, once I started getting momentum there, then I had all these people coming and being like, wow, you really understand marketing. You understand how to market yourself. And now like, this podcast is a perfect example, right? Like now I'm on marketing podcasts, like explaining my perspective. But where I come from is this whole idea of like, make something that matters first and then figure out how to market it. So if you go back to the whole idea of access, like it's to me, there are so many quick wins that huge companies are missing out on. Like they don't, I don't think the big, big brands are, are fully I don't think they fully get it yet where if someone that's a millennial, like I'm 27. So if someone 27, uh, 30, but like below, you know, like 22 or like 15, if they go to your site and it it doesn't load properly for 15 seconds, they're gone. I will go to a certain site or I will go be like, oh, that's a really cool article. And then I'll click on it. And it's like, and now my my phone is like spazzing in front of me because there's four different ads trying to load at the same time. Like I'm gone. I'm never coming back. And, and that's like, there's, there's this huge knowledge gap where brands and um, I mean, at like everything, right? Like publishers, uh, even YouTube is like, they're struggling with this. You've got digital ad fraud going on. Like they're, they're all trying to figure out how do we stay alive? Um, if specifically if you're monetizing through ads like that. Um, and also like, where do we invest our money? If you have your main thing being a site or a product or uh, an app or whatever, and, and the usability of it, the, the actual experience of it gets compromised. And just so you can put an ad there, or you think that like, that's the better way to reach someone. Like it's almost like they're still not hearing it, that no one's paying attention to that ad. No one. So when you talk about reaching these younger demographics, it's like, okay, well, where like the the older mentality is, well, let's just keep pumping money into ads because the more times we hit someone, then you know they're more likely to convert. And really, it's the it's like the complete opposite. Like the younger that you get, the the less it has to do with seeing an ad, and the more it has to do with what's the experience of me actually using the thing, and then that's going to determine me telling someone else about it or me being really loyal to it. So you're you're coming from a perspective that you know work on your core product and offering first, and make sure you get all the basics right. Um, if it's you know a e-commerce website where you're selling products, make sure it does all of that. But at the same time, it sounds like the product itself, right? Like if you're selling merchandise, that the content on what you put on the merchandise itself needs to somehow resonate with um, the fan base in a way that they will not only just continuously see your product through an app, but also go out of their way to kind of do this kind of word of mouth type of referral. I would say this is the biggest the biggest shift in terms of selling, right? And mm-hmm. this is something that I've seen even for myself. Like I'm in in the process like I'm I'm building a company right now that offers thought leadership to CEOs. So what we are is it's a ghostwriting agency and and we uh, hop on the phone with a CEO or an entrepreneur or a keynote speaker. We uh, bring questions to the table that they want to answer that we think would make for great articles. We listen, we write it for them, and then we give it back to them, and then we we post it. A great 
example of how to quote unquote sell in today's economy is like you're not telling someone go buy this you're sharing something of value and then saying and by the way it's here if you want it and so if you look at like the press world which is a perfect example you have all these pr companies that it's a very old industry and they go hey the better way to sell your company or sell your product is to go get some other person to write about how great you are okay nobody's reading that like literally nobody and then the opposite which is what i've i've done for myself and now i'm starting like it, it it's what works it's what people do want to know is if you have the ceo themselves telling the story or saying this is how i built my company this is what it was like when i didn't know if i was going to be able to bring this idea to fruition 10 years ago oh and by the way this is what we do it's here if you want it anyway back to my story like that's how you sell something today and and people don't get that and so if you if you go to younger generation gen z like the the reason influencer marketing is becoming so popular is because it is one of the first marketing strategies if you will where you're not telling the consumer go buy this you're saying you already like this thing here's my story first person this is me and oh by the way this thing's here if you want it anyway back to the story and that's like that's what makes it so compelling and it it's not disruptive or it doesn't it doesn't step on the toes of of the consumer they don't sit there and go my experience was just bothered by an ad it's just part of it it's there if i want it and so when you're when you're talking or explaining to big brands how do you reach younger people it's like you have to completely change your mentality it's not it's not just this single voice outward being like go do this go buy this it's you have to figure out what they're already willing to pay attention to and finding a creative way to weave your brand or your story into that narrative and unfortunately most people they're not that creative that's really one of the biggest challenges and you know it's interesting that you bring up you know influencers because they're they're I, I personally feel like there's a saturation of influencers kind of promoting products, you know, every other post that they do on either Instagram, their YouTube channel, or, you know, Facebook. How, how do you feel about that? Like, what is the right balance? How, you know, you and I, millennials, Gen Z, they're smart. They know when these things are happening. How, how can a brand actually, you know, make sure that they're finding the right influencers for their own brand and that the influencers the influencer marketing strategy is actually effective. I've I've been an influencer in in my own right for the past few years and even even I knew from the beginning like it's kind of common sense, right? Like if you it's like it's like dating, right? If you're in high school and you've dated like every girl in your grade, like that's a you got a reputation now, you know? And and that's like I always saw it that way when I was trying to build myself as an influencer or um, wanting to work with brands is, okay, if you work with one brand and you say, this brand's amazing, and then two weeks later, you go to a competitor of theirs or or a, an entirely different brand that doesn't even have anything to do with what you what you're all about, now people are like, okay, well, you know, like whose team are you really on? Are you loyal or are you just bouncing around you know are you just dating every girl just for the sake of dating every girl and that's like for me that's such common sense i don't think that a lot of people 
get that. And, and unfortunately, a lot of influencers, once they build themselves to a certain point, it's like, oh, I can get paid to do this. Yep. Like, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. And that's when you see them promoting something every other day. It's short-sighted thinking, right? Like it's short-sighted for the brand who saw that person. And if they did any sort of due diligence at all, they would see that this was already happening. And they're like, well, we'll just squeeze what we can out of this one too. That's short-sighted on the brand side. And then for the influencer, they're not even thinking about the fact that they're saturating themselves. Yeah, it's about reframing in a way that, you know, you can kind of show people and help them visualize how to use it, how it kind of, you know, in the context of their lifestyles, how it's being used and how it could actually add value. Going back to your original question of how do you speak to these younger people and younger generations? It's like, it just, again, like, it just seems so obvious. I don't, I don't understand where there's so much confusion still on a branded level is the fact that people go online for two reasons. They either want to be entertained or they want to learn. Like that's, that's pretty much it. And so you either need to speak the entertainment language and, and find a way to make your customer laugh or, or be engaged and then find ways to weave your brand into that without like, and now a, you know, a cut from our sponsors. Like as soon as that comes on, like everyone turns off. Yes, that is 100% what um, this takeaway should be, because a a lot of people have like tons of products that they just want to test, 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 test. And, you know, it it becomes like what you said, what you're saying short sighted, if they're not thinking more strategically about, you know, like what this brings to the to the kind of the audience that's consuming this ad, like, how does it fit into their life? What value does it bring? Because that's what they're thinking about especially the Gen Z and millennial generation, right? Yep. Great. Well, cool. You know, um, I want to know what's up next for you, what you're excited about working on um, next. So then our audience can also follow you along on that journey if they're interested. Yeah, I I always do updates on my social, NicholasCole77. I'll usually do recaps on my site as well, NicholasCole.com. And Right now, I'm just I'm psyched to be building uh, Digital Press. It's my my first real company. I launched it about six months ago. It's been a ride. Ghostwriting for executives. I get to learn from some of the smartest people out there, uh, and that's that's really why I, I started it. Is I feel like the smartest people in their industry don't have the time to sit down and write articles anyway. So for me, the thing I wanted to solve is like if you have these younger people that go online and they want to learn about entrepreneurship or they want to learn how to build a company, uh, the people they really want to learn from aren't the ones sitting there writing articles. So the the problem that I've, I've really set out to solve is uh, bringing my writing expertise and going to these really smart people in their fields, taking a little bit of their time, learning what they know, and then helping them craft articles that they can share online. So then, you know, young people like me, when we go and search for it, we'll actually be learning from them. Great. Sounds really amazing. And congratulations again for launching Digital Press six months now. And uh, yeah, all the best to do that. And I'm sure you're going to do an amazing job as you already have done and have shown through all of your work. Thank you so much, Cole. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So that's the Brandon podcast for today. Visit us on SoundCloud for new episodes and go to brandon.com for show notes and more. I'm Amy Joe, and thanks again for listening. 